Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out. The bad seat, the broken night, the bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad attitude, bad taste, bad law, bad dude, bad bread, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York City. Home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Get your Rocket Mortgage on, son. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do bit. All my friend that come around, flat to flat up, party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this ties a tattoo, my brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out, ooh. Are you with us tonight from New York? 855-212-4227 is our toll-free line, brought to you by Geico, great news, you can save a bunch of money, switch to Geico, just go to... Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. We're back from la 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 lipstick city. Spence Porter, and I got to tell you, I actually, seriously, I thought it was one of the best fights I've seen, literally, in terms of throwing in, you know, years. I mean, just heavy, like, I mean, it was like at one point my buddy I was sitting there with said, this is like Gotti Ward. It was really just violence. It was 12 rounds of violence. And it was, I mean, they beat the crap out of each other with, like, body shots. I mean, there was more body shots, I thought, that did damage than uh, really shots to the face. I didn't think either one of them looked like they got lit up that much when it was over. They could still go out and pick up chicks. Uh, But... I thought the presser afterwards was pretty decent when, uh, you know, Showtime was still giving him the business, and the guy's like, bro, I just took your belt. Shut up. No one's listening to you. You don't sell out arenas. You're not getting no pay-per-view fights unless I'm there. I mean, do you even get it? And I was like, that is awesome. Just putting him in his place. Just, ab- I mean, Porter just kept yelling. Now, we're friends with Porter. I like the guy. He knows us. And we're buddies with him and everything. But that still doesn't uh, pay the electric bill. You know what I mean? He still got his ass beat. Like, in that 11th, that left hook took his, literally took his entire face off his face. Like, did you see his, the super, you know, 4D slow-mo of his entire lips and jaw flying off his face about four inches and then snapping back as he went down. That was it, fight over right there. I was sitting in this suite, and because we moved, I moved up from the seats we had right behind the ring. I know, I watched the rest of the fight from the tarmac at LAX, so I got to see all Same that. thing, I was in the American Express suite, the tarmac suite, what's the difference? Either way, I was in a big leather chair, and then this dude's lips and face just flew off his face, and I was like, that's it, lights out. Right there, fight over. Because everyone thought it was a draw up until that point. Because it was so even. Like, Sean brought his dinner to the party, you know. He ate his own food at the dinner. He didn't have anybody cooking him anything. He brought his own dinner. 
dinner. He's like, yeah, I'm going to show up. I'm going to hurt somebody. And then he did it. He brought his own pizza to the party. He's like, don't touch my food. That's mine. I like mushrooms. So, uh, he, I mean, it was violent. It was really a good fight. I thought it was a really good fight, too. Of course, I had to leave, unfortunately, but I did go back and watch it. And it was a great fight. I'm really upset that I had to leave. It was violent. They threw a lot of hands. But the knockdown in the 11th is what changed the That was the, the difference. Fight. That was the difference. Uh, Benavides uh, stopped Durrell to uh, get the WBC super middleweight title back. And uh, they announced the Wilder Ortiz to uh, King Kong trying to take on Wilder for a second time. The same result will be, uh, it'll only be worse. Because he's really, since he got his ass knocked out the first time, hasn't really f fought anybody, I don't think. So he's waited two years to get his ass beat again, I guess, apparently. Look, I'm watching old Wilder fights right now in here, and I'm not jumping up and down about this guy, but I will say this. Like, I've seen way better heavyweights in my life, way better. But I think he's got a violent uh, knockout punch. Like, so he got one thing going for him. It's that, that big right hook. And that haymaker can knock you flush out, cold, make you sleep, you know, have dreams, all that business. But, you know, he, he knocks guys out, but most of the guys he fights are bums. So, like, his, literally his uh, resume, I got a better resume of fights I've been in, street fights. I've been in better street fights. I got on that one on 48th, Moff. Touchdown Steelers again. Now they're beating some ass. It's 23-3 to with the pending extra point. But, anyway, he's going to fight Ortiz again on November 23rd in Vegas. Uh, I, look, I think if he fights Fury again, he's going to knock him out this time for good. Oh, he's going to fight Fury again. And he'll knock him out. He'd knock him down twice. This time he won't get up. Watch. That guy's a fat slob. Any way you slice it, there is no getting around it. You're a fat ass. Let's stop with your son, this, all this gypsy king stuff. You're just a fat ass. And that other dude is ripped and mean and nasty. And if he doesn't eat for a week before that fight, he'll kill you dead and take your wife out to dinner. I don't think Fury has a wife, actually. Did too much blow. She left him. I'm just kidding. I don't think he ever had a wife. But if, if he did, she would have left. I'm just kidding. Actually, I'm not. Jonathan Banks will join us. He's a great trainer. He trains your boy Triple G, one of my favorite fighters. Speaking of getting shafted, that guy's been shafted a couple times by the judges, those corrupt slob, drooling idiots that, that judge boxing matches. You t where do they find these people? Out on a farm? Honestly, no offense to the farmers. You guys are way better than boxing judges. You feed us. They don't. I don't know. I'm just, seriously, like, I think the judges in Vegas at the Triple G Canelo fights were the guys that run the apple orchard. Uh, you know, the the, you know, they t take the tractor around with the kids on it to pick apples. That's who the guy is judging the fight, especially that chick. They should never let her near another fight in the rest of her life. That old haggard. Remember that chick in Vegas? That ru what was her name? I don't want to say her name. I'll get sued. We still don't know how she gave Canelo that fight. I, I hate her and her husband. I, I don't even know if she's married. I hate her children. I'm just kidding. I'm not really. Uh, we got a lot going on here. Uh, the Pats and Chiefs stay unbeaten. The Niners are unbeaten. They didn't even play. Great test, though. Bills gave the Pats, and the Lions gave the Chiefs. I uh, covered in both of those games, I might add. I hit both those spreads. I had the Bills in seven, and I had the Lions in seven, and it was a double Dutch bus, son. Double Dutch bus. 
down the street. Remember that one? Shot from the mind. Get on the bridge and double dives down. That's great. I forget all the words. I was really high at the time. Fontes Burvick kicked out of the league today because he's a piece of shack. He's been a piece of shack his entire career. He's a worthless piece of shack. He's a dirty piece of shack. Bye-bye. A million and a half down the toilet. You should go hang out with that other piece of shack, A.B. You two can be lovers. How's that sound with all your problems you got? Try to get along with the man a little bit better. The boss. And you know, the hit, hates perfect. He hates him dead. The hit wasn't like as bad as you think, but when it's the 15th time you've tried to kill somebody on the field, they're going to throw you out for good. He's an no, assassin. That, that you know? it was bad. The guy was already on the ground, and he launched his head right at him. I'm remember, saying he's done worse, but. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember my old buddy, uh, George Atkinson, for the Raiders? Uh, Mafia used to do the show. Yeah. Well, George Atkinson was the dirtiest mother ever, right? And. This guy makes him look like uh, Cinderella, okay? Perfect uh, is, is the nastiest, filthiest. He should be in, like, Leavenworth, this guy. Honestly, he's, such a, he's a criminal on the football field. He's, a, he's an assassin. He's a headhunter. He should be getting people jobs in New York. He'd be a great headhunter. Uh, baseball playoffs are set and start tomorrow. Brewers, Nats, Rays, A's, and wild card games. Winners face the Dodgers and Astros. Yankees, Twins, Braves, Cards, and the other first-round matchups. So are there two playoff games tomorrow? The two wild cards are both tomorrow. Uh, Carver High? No. Tuesday is Nats Brewers, and then Wednesday is Rays and A's. All right, there you go. A close uh, call for Clemson against North Carolina on Saturday drops into number two in the poll. Alabama now number one. And uh, we'll come back and talk to Jonathan Banks all about uh, his career and training, Triple G. He's got a big fight coming up uh, at the Garden. It's all happening tonight. He's first up, and John Harper later at 11 East, 8 West from SNY, New York City. Harp time. Pour yourself a cold harp and talk baseball playoffs with our boy John Harper. And we'll also ask him about all the uh, managers getting fired and where they're either going for new jobs or who's replacing them, including my guy, uh, Clint Hurdle in Pittsburgh. The Pirates suck lollipops. I mean, they are so awful. It doesn't matter if I manage them. Maybe, hey, there's an idea. Come to think of it, aren't I uh, Carver High in the running for the Padres manager job? I know that you put in your application. I put in my application. I'd like to send a, a resume over to the Pirates as well, because if I can't win 70 games, I could do it high on a big, giant blunt. I could, a hash blunt. I could manage better than both of them. Like a gigantic, fat blunt I could smoke before every game, and I'd still manage better than both of those hacks. You'd do better than Callaway, too. I love uh, Clint Hurdle, though. Let's not be a fool. I think he's a great manager. He's Remember last week when he was staying? They, they, uh, he's they, coming back. But they kept we were, the GM, though, right? The we, GM we were kept his job. We it here that he was staying, right? They, they told him he was coming back. How does that GM keep his job and Hurdle gets fired? That GM's done a terrific job. All they do is lose. Uh, that guy's doing a terrific job. It's called keeping your job. How do you keep your job when you suck that bad? 855 uh, 212 4227 is the number to get on the bench. Jonathan Banks is next. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855 212 4227. Jonathan Banks is here, the great trainer of uh, Triple G. My man, thanks for coming in. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. Thanks so for having me. You're uh, uh, doing a hell of a job. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, uh, so you grew up. Uh, how much did Emmanuel Stewart help you in your career uh, to like teach everything you know? Um. 
Definitely. He gave me a platform. Right, and then you ran with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think he's the greatest trainer ever. And then and then my boy Freddie, I would, you know, since Emmanuel ended, and I think that Freddie kind of took those reins. A lot of people may not agree with that. I do. Right. What I, do you um, think of that? I will agree with the um, the greatest as far as Emmanuel Stewart. Right. And um, coming after him. Right. I think you got a series of trainers, not just Freddie Ropes. You got right. a lot of trainers right. out there that, to me, is doing a heck of a job. So do you? Uh, did you take over his business? No, no, I didn't take over his business. What What happened? The situation happened where he was in the hospital. He asked me to take over his training for his at the time his current heavyweight champion. Right. And that's how I got into training. That was the first fight I ever trained. And what did you think when he gave you those uh, keys to the caddy? Um, <laughs> I just he they asked me could I do it. I'm like, yeah. They no said, problem. are you sure? You never done it before. I'm like, well. It's not like um, I'm trying to teach you golf. This is boxing. Anything right. under the umbrella of boxing, I feel like I could do it. So that's what I did. Who did you, uh, like, when you were a kid growing up, where did you learn it? Like, you had to have before. Obviously, he taught you uh, the the skinny, the inside skinny of it. But you had to have already loved boxing. And somebody, was it your dad? Who, who turned uh, you on to it? I always had a love for boxing. Always. So you just found it on your own. Yeah, like you, I, always you, had a, I always had a love for it. Um, did your family think you were crazy, that you were, like, watching well, all this boxing? Nobody in my family have ever boxed. But um, I've been begging my mother since I could remember that, you know, I want to box. Right. And um, when I when I was, when I turned 14, I finally got a chance to box. Right. And what did you think and, of um, it? I loved it. I knew I would love it, and I knew I already loved it. But I was a tall, skinny, shy kid, so... They didn't think I could. We actually did actually want to do it. The coaches and everybody didn't think I want right. to do it. And uh, two months later, after I was boxing, they put me in the Detroit Golden Gloves. Um, well, there you go. And I won the Detroit Golden Gloves, and that's how I met Emmanuel. I didn't want to know who was that waterweight that won the Golden Gloves. So and did that's you? How I met him. And that's what did you meet him in the Motor City? Yeah, that's how I met him. I met him um, after I won the Golden Gloves. So then what happened after that? Like, how did it all unravel? I mean, eventually, like I, eventually I ended up joining his his um, amateur boxing program. Right. Which was the Kronk boxing team. Right, Kronk. And as as the time went on, we jailed closer together. I ended up, I ended up moving out from mother's house when I was, what, 17? Ended up moving in his house. And uh, we started traveling. What a trip. The together. What a, been, I mean, what like, a trip that had to be. It was an apprenticeship that will always be remembered for me. Well, of course. Uh, did it. Uh, John of the Banks with us, uh, the great trainer. Do you, uh, so you had to, like, when it initially happened, you had to be freaking out that you were living with him and that you were going, and this was happening to you. Like, at, at the beginning, you had to have at least been tripping a little. I was just, I mean, I've always been a calm person. I take things as a calm. But I was like, I was in awe. I definitely was right. because I'm like, man, this is. So what was it like uh, to like, uh, you know, because at the gym, it's one thing to be at work and in, right. in the, you know, going and grinding. But when you're at home, what was he like? Did he give you, did he teach you all the time and like uh, talk to you about fighting? Or did, when he left the ring, did he leave it there and go home and he was nah, a different person? Was all, he was the same person no matter just what. boxing all day. He was the same person, not just boxing, see. The thing, the difference with with with, Eman, with the late Grady Manuel Stewart, what he did, he taught life lessons through the sport of boxing. Right. And he used the sport as a platform to really teach about everything. And so when you were and how, so this at seventeen that started. Well, when I moved in with him. Right. Yeah. So how long did you live with him? 
Oh man, until um, <laughs> I was like 22, 23, something. So like were that. you like when you were a kid and you wanted to fight? Were you a good kid or were you a troublemaker? Uh, I was I was always I wasn't never was a troublemaker. So when you moved trouble, in with him, trouble or, found me. All right, fair enough. You know, you in Detroit, you can't help but trouble find you. I, I know. So I've, you been, fight. I've, I've been there a million times. We're on the right. air there right now. <laughs> so we're on right now in Detroit. So uh, I got a lot of friends that live there. It's a cool spot. It's, yeah, definitely. It, it's no joke, but. Uh, when you lived with him, did he, uh, like, because you, you're a young kid then, basically, right. and here's this old man who's, well, he wasn't old at the time, probably. He was probably in his 50s or 60s. 60s, yeah. Right? And 60s. then did he, did he, do you feel like he helped you uh, in, transcend into being a man and everything? Of course. I mean, he took me, I traveled with him, traveled the world with him, you know, went all over the place, so many different countries, and um, Everything was a lesson. Everything was a conversation. Everything was all about learning. So it was awesome. For so me. when he bought you, you obviously uh, you made it and you became a champion. Uh, you had to. That had to be awesome. Like you, yeah, so he made you even a, a better fighter. He probably turned you into the champion that you were, right? Of like obviously. Of course. And what was that like? You had to be. That had to just be a freak show. The whole thing was surreal. Just to be trained by Emmanuel Stewart. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like that was. It was amazing to me. When you when you're a kid and you. You get uh, to go to Kronk, like that's like going to heaven. Like that's they didn't let right. anybody in exactly. there. Exactly. So what did you like? What did you think? And what did your like mom think that you were allowed to go to that place? I mean, this that's that was the place she wanted me. She was happy I was going. Keep and, you out of trouble. And the fact that I was um, close to Emmanuel made it even better. Dude, I just look and I I can't even fathom how many fights did you uh, have in your career? So you basically lost three times your whole career. All right. Oh my God! So your last fight that you fought was in like '14. Uh, Something like that. Yeah. So you you took the gloves off like five years ago, something like that, and then immediately just started training. Uh, well, or were you already training dudes right. while you were fighting? Well, it was at the same time because I um when the, at the time was the current heavyweight champion Vladimir Klitschko called me to train him. Right. And um I said okay. He like what you mean okay? You never trained nobody before in your life. I said well, you asked me to do it, so I do it. <laughs> and he fought November 10th, 2012. And I fought in, I'm sorry, he fought November 10th, 2012 in Hamburg, Germany. Right. And my fight was November 17th, 2012 in Atlanta City, New Jersey. You know, so I trained him for that fight. He won that fight. Was that the Seth Mitchell fight that, that you the, fought? That was the first Seth Mitchell fight, yeah. And you fought him twice. Right. You beat him for the title and then lost right. to him. Do you, right. And what do you think of him? Do you like him or not? None against him. You just, man. it's his business. Right. It's just the guy standing in front of you. Right. I'm, yeah. But so were the fights good? I thought so. And then was that, which one was better? Obviously the one you won, but yeah, you lost exactly. them. Were the, I mean, they were obviously, they were both 12 rounders, right? Uh, both. Yeah, uh, they're both was 12 rounders. No, the but you first knocked him out. First they one stopped was a the fight. First one was a knockout in the second round. And the um, second one was a decision, 12 round decision. Okay, so, uh, and then the other fights, the one when you won the IBO Cruiserweight title was against Rosa Cito in 08. You remember yeah, that one? Yeah. What was that like? That's a whole different weight class. Yeah, that was... Um, so you were you were younger and thinner. Right. <laughs> right? Like, honestly, like, right? Yeah, you were, when you were right. fighting for heavyweight titles, it's different than Cruiserweight. That's well, I still was young, and I was in shape, <laughs> even in heavyweight. But that yeah. was but that was young, right? How old right. were you when you won that title? Uh, how old was I? Maybe 20... Twenty-five. When like you that. when you saw that because that was a one fifteen one thirteen and then a tie card and then one seventeen one fourteen. When you used to watch these judges uh, and have to you know leave it in their hands, how much stress was that? 
it's always stressful when you leave it in someone else's hands. It's like, you know, you got a job and you're paid, you don't get, you don't work off the, they don't pay you off your hours. They pay you off what they think your hours are. Right. That's the same thing when you come judging a fight. And I think a lot of these judges, a lot of them are upset because they either, they had a bad week at their job. Right. And they want to take it out on somebody. And they get to these um, judging tables looking at these fights. These fighters have dedicated so many years, amount of hours into the gym to put their put their best foot forward and and to work hard, bless blood, sweat, and tears. And these judges can say, "Hmm, I don't like them." Yeah, and then that and quickly screw them. <laughs> right. Well, I think that uh, I think that uh, your guy uh, Triple G knows all about getting bent over and spanked and called Charlie by judges. <laughs> so we'll come back and talk about that. I want to talk about that with him. Jonathan Banks is in here, the great trainer. Uh, Triple G's fighting at the Garden on Saturday night. Is that about right? Yeah, October fifth. Saturday night, October fifth. Uh, Dervinchenko, is that his name? That's his name. All right, uh, we'll talk about that. I want to talk more about uh, what happened to uh, Triple G and those Canelo shaftings, and then we'll get into this fight with uh, Dervinchenko for uh, Saturday night. Where is it? At the is it at the Garden or is it in the Hulu? Which one? It's is at it? the Garden. All right, cool. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. Uh, another huge week of winners. How about this? 69% in NFL spreads. I'm going to hit this game tonight, too. Count on that. Just call me uh, Bank. I'm the Federal Reserve. And 64% in college football Saturday. How about this, Mafia? I hit my top five picks, uh, seven of my top eight, and eight of my top ten. That's like, I mean, that's just insanity. And then uh, I'm just lethal lately. So if you don't sign up for PharrellOnTheBench.com, you get all the baseball through the World Series, boxing, MMA, everything. Hockey, hockey starts this week, and we'll be having a gambling problem there as well because we like betting on hockey. And, of course, um, we'll be betting on the uh, Triple G fight on Saturday, just like I won the Spence fight. I predicted uh, that fight, Jonathan Banks, uh, in 12, a decision. And that's exactly what happened. I thought it was a great fight. Did you watch the fight the other night? Yeah, I saw the fight. I um, I predicted, I, pre- I predicted it'd be a tough fight. It was. And um, I said, well, you can actually flip a coin because the fight looks like a, to me the makeup of the fight looked look, was looking like a draw. Yeah, totally. Uh, just looking at the makeup before the fight even happens. Just looking at the two guys' style. I said this fight could end up in a draw. I said, but Earl Spence, to me, he hits a little bit harder than, than Porter. So I said, if if either one of them could hurt the other and get a knockdown, it would be Spence. If Spence get a knockdown, You're right. he'll definitely win. That's exactly it. But you know, as well as I do, that uh, the other thing you probably thought of, I'm guessing, is is that Sean brings his, uh, he brings some violence to it. Like, he ain't afraid to get dirty in there and start throwing big haymakers and getting all rough and tumble. He, he's more rough and tumble. Whereas I thought Spence, my whole time, I've seen him fight a bunch of times. I was at the Mikey Garcia fight in Dallas. I think he's more like Sugar Ray Leonard. He's uh, got that speed. He's got... Uh, his his tact is like his all of his punches count and all of his he doesn't miss a lot he's a he when he when he swings he has intentions and he usually lands and he does killer body work. Uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> Don't you think? Like it's, honestly, it's really difficult for me to uh, give him that big of a prop. Right. Oh, really? Because Sugar, well, I think Hagler, Hearns, and Leonard are all better, but I compare most because, to right because Leonard. Sugar Ray Leonard was a guy 
that if he thought he had you hurt, not had you hurt, but if he it. thought he had you hurt, he throwing 150 punches until he gets you out. Until of he finishes you. No, he was he was just a different type of animal. Sugar Ray Leonard, if he's when he like a shark in the water, when he, he smelled smell blood, blood he's going for the kill. Did you think that? Uh, did you think that Errol didn't do that the other night when he when he land when he had him? You didn't think he he like went for the gusto and finished it? Well, I think he was trying to go for it, but at the same time. You have to give credit to Sean's um, a tough to, mother. To Porter. You have to tough. give credit to Porter because yeah. he got closer to him, and then he knew when to stay away from him. But you know, I also think that um, Spence, once he had him, once he after all that hard fighting back and forth, right. and you have to, if you telling your fighter the truth in the corner, you letting them know this this fight is too close for comfort. We got to do something. Right. You got to come up right. with something. Right. So that's like if you if. You, if the coach is telling the fighter the truth every time he go to the corner, so Spence really know he something about to happen. So he get a knockdown. I just think he should have went for it. Me too. Well, he won the fight right then. No, definitely right. That that but won that him. But that was a draw until right, that fight. Right. That, that secured hit. him the fight. But I I think that nowadays, um, once you secure the fight. It's okay to go ahead and go for the knockout. And finish it. So uh, you got on board after the second Canelo shafting at the T-Mobile in Vegas. He got shafted in both fights, a lot of people feel. Uh, obviously, Golden Boy, De La Hoya, and Canelo don't feel that way. Uh, none of you guys can stand each other. So you took over after that fight, and then he went out and just beat some ass in his last fight at the Garden in four rounds. Uh, obliterating roles, and now you go into Derevchenko on uh, Saturday at the Garden, and and it is a place he likes to fight. He loves to fight in New York at the Garden. It's man, a cool spot. New York is home away from home, man. He loves New York. He likes fighting in New York better than Vegas. Um, of course. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Because no. he gets shafted like, in Vegas. If you got, if you, if I got robbed in Vegas and never got robbed in New York, which one would I prefer? So, I prefer New York. So okay, so you uh, you weren't there for the shaftings, but I, I know I know you uh, at the very least because everyone's talking about it happening in 2020 again, the trilogy that you'll be licking your chops like you're eating baby back ribs right now. Yeah. Uh, that you get a shot at that guy again as as his trainer. Of course, I will. Um, I think it would be it would be it would be fun. That'd be like the it great challenge, fun. right? Yeah, it, would, it would be fun. So tell me about Jonathan Banks here, the great trainer who runs a Triple G's world now. Uh, I like how you do the um, the whole. Like I'm getting this, I'm getting this picture because like Fred told me about uh, how you your style a little bit. Like this is just me from hearing that that it's like. Uh, the drive, determination, dedication, the you know, making him happy. Uh, you know, if he's if he's in a good mood and he's training and he's loving life and he's uh, enjoying his work uh, and enjoying fighting every day, working that in the grind, if there's happiness, then all that's going to pay off in some capacity or another on fight night. Keep this dude happy, dedicated, and not bored and miserable. A lot of these guys train, they want to they jump off a roof. Yeah, but uh, this guy, but you get this guy to like believe in like this is some kind of happiness involved in this. I mean, number one, Triple G loves what he do. And when you got, you got someone that can like, you, you love what you do. Right. Just radio, podcast, all the stuff, you love it. But if you had to, if you had to wear something you was uncomfortable with, uh, you see, I you wear had, basketball. You had to, right. If you had to, if you had, if you had to wear something you didn't like, or you had to do something you didn't like, 
you're doing what you love, but it's not really, you're you not happy. Right, you're not happy no right. more. And I was considered work because you're not happy. And I believe in, um, well, you got fighters. Fighters are very, they are different in their own little ways. And I think it's important to make sure these individuals stay happy so they could perform at the highest level. You've been working on his uh, the technical side, on his power, all and, and like making all of his talents come to the uh, table, come to fruition. Get everything he does best uh, greased and ready, and then don't worry about all the rest. If he, if you get five things he does great greased, he'll be ready to rock and roll. Is that oh, about man. fair enough? Yeah, definitely. Because the power's there. Okay, that's already known. Everybody know the power's there. But now it's time to open up everything else. This, the boy is really talented, man. He got you, you said he you said he, he hits everything. hard. You like his uh, power. I do. I like his power. I like his power, and I like his speed. And I'm trying to get him. I like his speed. And I like his defense. I'm trying to get him to use more of both of them because I just think that would make him a completely better fighter. Did you think that when you watched his fights before you took over and you got him uh, turned in the right direction? Because he, he really was awesome before you came around. I agree. I agree. Right? I'm not right, – I don't right? take – So you, know you took saying? a guy that was great and made him better. Did you change anything about his, like – I know a lot, a lot of these guys train high altitude. That's, that's right. old news. But about his eating habits, sleeping habits, life habits – Things that uh, you do in a camp as opposed to others. Is there things that you do differently that he dug? Because, like, I know that you met him, and it took all of about one day for him to hire you and bring you to uh, Big Bear. It was like you knew right away that you two were, like, from the same pea. Right, two right. peas in a pod, right? Fair enough? Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, you know, G is one of those guys that he really, he really live boxing. He right. is not no – this is not a side hustle for him. Right. So he when when I say he consi consistently works out a couple of days during the week, right. and he don't eat junk food, he don't he don't he don't right. blow up, he don't eat junk food stuff like that. So this is a lifestyle for him. So with it being a lifestyle for him, and now he got a um a good nutritionist now. He right. got a very good chef, very good nutritionist. And um, everything is just coming Do they together. let him? Do they? Jonathan Banks with us, the great trainer, uh, getting ready for his fight Saturday night with Golovkin at the Garden in New York City. You got to see this guy fight. If you haven't seen Triple G fight, you lose. Uh, here's the deal. So does the tr does the nutritionist let him be normal, or is it this? Uh, you know, is he getting freaky with like the plant diet? Like my buddy the other night trying to remember uh, Carver Hyde, a guy trying to sell me the uh, lettuce and radish and and the pickle <laughs> and the tomato in my taco, and you and I were slapping him with beef and just sauce and he the all vegetarian taco he had the vegan we were we had the chicken going and then the guy said well i don't eat meat and i had four slices of prime rib we got the prime rib cooking we Whoa. had it all working <laughs> does he let him eat the nutritionist he let him eat is he drinking just water and seltzer he, like me like a just, femme or he, is he, he going he's got different times of the day he he drinks a certain amount of water eats a certain amount of this a certain amount of that but the nutritionist's job is to make sure that the foods you're eating are not, it's not, you're not gaining that. You know how you finish eating and you feel sleepy, right. you feel sluggish? Right. It's the food, it's those type of foods. It's like everything is healthy, everything is natural. And it's the type of food that you get energy coming when you eat and you can go to the gym and work harder. Then you get hungry, you continue to eat. So that those are the type of things the nutritionist is so for. So when you, uh, when you're up in Big Bear, I know it's all work. 
Yeah. And very little play. Very little. But I mean, very little. But but do you do you like it up there? Because I used to go there all the time skiing, and and I think it's a cool spot. Or do you think it sucks there? Oh, I think it's cool. I don't have no. You like training it. in the in Big Bear? I, I love it. Uh, like as opposed to Kronk. Well, that's that's a totally that's a totally different. Would animal, would Triple man. G uh, would that's Triple totally G go to the Kronk, or would he not? Would he be scared to nah, go to the Kronk? he crunk? wouldn't. He's the type of guy. He is never. He don't, he don't know what fear is. He do you think that the Lions suck, or do you think they're getting better? You know what? They covered for me yesterday, <laughs> son. Give me something. Give me something. They covered yesterday. Right. I, <laughs> I think Woo! I think us in Detroit. Like we don't want the Lions to be great. We just happy with a win here and there. Right. Do you think that uh, do you, did you uh, when you grew up were you a Pistons fan like a Mahorn and, I mean, and I'm, a, uh, I'm a diehard bad boys like I'm did a, you like I'm a did you like but, but Lane Beer like of he'll, course he'll kick some me? dude and right in his calf and <laughs> <laughs> I mean they meant business and of Rodman course. I'm good friends with Rodman right he's been oh, on my okay. show many times so when he played for them he was just a young cat and he was right. ferocious he was man Detroit bad boys and man. then do you think uh, and you're a Michigan football fan too of course man does. Ohio State just bend them over and steal their oh girlfriend. I mean, it is just. <laughs> we got hey the baby. biggest rival with Ohio State. Hey, baby, man. you want to go home with me because uh, your boyfriend's soft? And then she leaves right with the right. guy from Ohio they, State. Ohio State cannot beat nobody else. But they own Michigan. you. They own Michigan. But actually, this <laughs> year they've been, it, actually they're just rubbing everyone out by about sixty this year in every game. Listen, I don't even need to talk to you anymore because you know your boy's gonna win Saturday night. He's Definitely. gonna he's gonna beat that ass. I'll be rooting for you. I can't wait to see next year when you uh, get even with Canelo in hopefully New York. Let's fight that one at the Garden exactly. instead of instead of uh, Vegas where the judges are all corrupt and had a bad day. <laughs> I mean, a bad day, judge. Let's not invite her out east. She's not welcome here. We don't need her. <laughs> I could do that job better drunk than some of them, honestly. I mean, honestly, I could do it drunk. I could I could judge a fight better. And I do the fights. We do the card the whole night. I never get them wrong. Uh, I, literally, I, I've been watching fighting I, longer than you. And uh, I, I watch these fights. I'm like, where do they come up with this stuff? They suck. Your boy's awesome, though. Hey, great job with uh, Triple G. Good Thank luck you. Saturday. It's great having you on the Appreciate show. Appreciate it, man. It's my pleasure. Jonathan Banks, everybody. Rocking and rolling. Check out uh, Triple G and Dervinchenko on Saturday at MSG. The world's most famous, baby. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.